4: is the light at the end of the tunnel from the Chris Wessling podcast studio it's around the NFL I'm damned hang hangs us <laughs> with Greg Risinghoul and Dark Sessler yes it's a very spooky halloween edition <laughs> of around the NFL the week 8 flagship program and how how will it be very
5: special a halloween edition
4: uh, I, If I would have thought about it, I would have said, let's get some uh, different music off Ooh. the top. Yeah. Um, some but layers. It, yeah, but instead, uh, that basically, that, there you go. Okay. That sums up this right now will be the extent of the Halloween y nature of the episode, I would imagine. But who knows? Maybe we could cook up a theme.
1: I am with you that I would <laughs> minimize the Halloween
4: aspect, oh, wow.
1: too. Well, we've got a lot of great football, so, you
4: know. We're also grown men. Yeah got kids, so yeah. that'll be great. But we have, we have men, we have man work to do here.
1: And I would, I would just point out. <laughs> Breaking and think, down Sunday. I speak for Greg and myself that we, you know, it's that time of year where people are going through things, cold, colds, the, sure. the little C. Um, but you're powering through tonight because you're a professional, um, an raging professional. Wow. And I, and I would give you, I'd move you into like warrior category to some degree.
4: Yeah, I, 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 it's not even there yet. It's just something I feel like is percolating within the sinuses at the start of the program. So we're just going to power through it. Well, I only mention it to build rapport with you to avoid the... Yeah. I mean, bringing it up is like at all. Like, what's the point? We have so much to get to. Oh, okay. Dark. (laughs) Dark Sessler. Buried in a big spot. (laughs) Dark. Yes, it is the week eight flagship program. We're going to break down all the action um, from Sunday... A nice Sunday. We had the final London game of the year. We had, you know, talking about it last Sunday. The theme of the episode was, where are the good teams? This week? Mm. Daddy's looking for some great teams. And I think we might have a couple teams in the NFC. If they're not there yet, I feel good about it. So let's start with one of those teams, and it is not, and I repeat, the defending Super Bowl champions.
2: It is Garoppolo looking. Garoppolo under pressure throws to the back of the end zone. Caught by Kristen McCaffrey. Touchdown! CMC! Die, na, Mike! The 49ers <laughs> have the lead.
4: Beautiful call from Greg Papa and Tim Ryan, Ken, KNBR. I thought for a second that Tim had screamed, Die! Like to the Rams. It sounded that way. But it was dynamite. Um, And Christian McCaffrey was dynamite. He became the 11th player in the history of our league to have a rushing touchdown, a passing score, a receiving score in one game. And the Niners continue to just pants Sean McVay in this rivalry. A 31-14 win for Kyle Shanahan's dudes at SoFi Stadium or as George... Kittle called it after the win, Levi South, because there were a lot of people in red in that stadium. Mark, uh, the game started well for the Rams, and it looked like we were going to have a classic back-and-forth NFC West game. And then San Francisco just imposed their will, and a lot of that ties back to CMC, who is everything they could have asked for, at least today.
1: Well, these were two teams that both wanted Christian McCaffrey. One of them got him, and it played all the difference today. And this was a huge Sunday for the Rams. You're coming out of your bye. Your season has been dipped in chaos and disappointment. Uh, You're not looking like the Rams team that we're used to under Sean McVay. So you go into your bye. What do you do? How do you adjust? And after the first half, I thought, I think they have. I think Sean McVay has figured out a lot of issues here because Matthew Stafford, was kept upright, well protected. Those issues didn't seem to be there. Um, they can't run the ball, and we know that. And there's no way to solve that immediately. But they had found a way to go toe to toe with the, or foot to foot. I don't know. I don't know what body part to body part with the Niners. No, toe like to, to toe is like well established. It just seems sort expression. of stupid to me. But I guess it's because it's just you're a little bit, you're an inch further than the other person, than you are than they are. Wait, so. what? Anyways, but <gasps> now let's
5: break this down further.
1: Would you no, like it to be elbow to elbow? What are you looking for? <laughs> Anything you want, really. It all started to crumble <laughs> in the third quarter. They, they opened up on third down. They were six for seven, the Rams, to open up on third down. They just they looked like they had solved other issues, and then they had like a 20-yard third quarter where the Niners and especially, it was just essentially Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and you got the version of Jimmy G, which always, almost always seems to be outside of that playoff game against the Rams. Pristine, he threw the ball great. And the Niners just look to me like the team that understands who they are. Um, they went out and got the asset in Christian McCaffrey, who was utterly unstoppable and looks like he's going to fit in so well. It's like a Shanahan fever dream scenario, just the way, they, the way they can use him. And the Rams, they're not that team right now. I mean, they had the ball
5: five times in the second half, four times, I believe. Five times, and they had four total first downs. And I listened to Sean McVay after the game because I'm with you. I think this was a huge moment in their season and to get beat like a drum like that where the offense completely falls in on itself uh, and then the defense struggles too was surprising to me. And I was curious what he would say. And it's funny, he was really talking about how the defense in the secondary and the second level had a lot of things to clean up and that's not what they expect. And I'm just thinking like, you're right today. They didn't expect that defensively. Yet, the fact that they go four first downs and five second half drives, like, we're getting used to that with the Rams, and we're getting used to them losing big. They've lost by 21 to the Bills, uh, 15 to the Niners, 12 to the Cowboys, 17 to the Niners, and three of those are at home.
4: Like, they are a team that loses big. And so much of this, to me anyway, when I look at what's wrong with their offense— They can't run the ball. Zero balance. It it puts so much pressure on Matt Stafford, who's not playing at a high level this year, and he does not have a supporting cast that he entirely trusts. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup, and we'll get to him in a minute here. Allen Robinson is finally showing signs of life, but obviously has not been the difference maker, they thought. Tyler Higbee had a drop in this game that kind of you know, swung things over to San Francisco permanently in the second half on a catch that would have been a first down and maybe even a touchdown. That was really the last sign of life for Los Angeles' offense. And, you know, even when they are down, Mark, in the in the second quarter, they had first and goal from the one or whatever, and they tried to run it twice and it was, like, not going to work. And they did actually score on the ground on a Matthew Stafford uh, scramble where he gets creamed by the pylon and gets in. But you're thinking to yourself, like, that. that's one of the big issues here. They don't win up front. They can't run the ball. And everything's just disjointed.
1: They have zero confidence in their ground game. And, and you're right. It becomes magnified in the red zone right near the goal line where they need someone to step up and be able to do that. And, I mean, we're seeing teams around the league with bad offensive lines who have turned towards the run successfully and the rams just seemed disinterested in that happening and on top of it i think the niners own them psychologically cuz the second half of this game the rams just started to become totally unglued allen robinson had a big catch and then turns around and gets a he a personal foul for taunting it's like come on this is the last thing you need mm. right now you're not a rookie you're a veteran player and it, it just the second half was a meltdown i i know i'm going to get burned by this but i i feel like jimmy g's
5: played better this year for the most part. There's been the killer moments, and that's just always going to be part of it. Maybe it's just I got used to the Jimmy G playing through a torn shoulder last year, and that was so bad that now they've got... Garoppolo back to kind of his normal level and you get CMC, the fact that they had CMC throw for a touchdown in this game, and, and McCaffrey ends up with 183 yards from scrimmage. That's almost as much as the Rams had. And Shanahan talked after how he put that into the playbook on Thursday after asking his staff, like, oh, can this guy throw? And they found some throw that <laughs> he, he did four years ago. I mean, He baby, did that he... because the Rams wanted it. He's sticking it to the Rams. Like, this was like a two ships passing in the night,
4: and the 49ers absolutely owned them. and I think that's him sticking it to his friend. And keep in mind here, yeah, 26 touches for McCaffrey. So he is now fully loaded. And they did this, the Niners, uh, abusing Los Angeles in the second half of this game without Debo Samuel, uh, who who missed the game uh with an injury. So you just it just shows the and when I talk about, hmm, could the Niners be great? It's like this version of Jimmy G, obviously, twenty-one to twenty-five, uh, with two touchdowns and no picks. Uh, but when you have them fully you know, you have CMC fully uploaded. You get Debo back. You have Brandon Ayuk, who's come to life in recent weeks. You have George Kittle, of course. You there is a defense. lot of potential here for San Francisco when you also factor in the defense as it gets healthier is going to be a problem as well. So at four 4-4, and four, yeah, they're right in the mix of a, a muddy division. But I think they have more upside than almost anyone in the NFC this side of Philly. Uh, because their
1: ceiling is just so different other the outside of the Eagles. And when they're on like this, you know, they've had injuries. Some of their bad games have... I think tied to defensive injuries, number one. If they get healthier and healthier, and, you know, critiquing the idea that they went and got McCaffrey and it was expensive, I don't think there's any critique at this point because he went somewhere where he can be used well. And today he was absolutely unstoppable. He did have a couple fumbles. They were lucky the Niners recovered. But I'll take that along with what the upside and what he did and how he electrified the Rams' defense.
4: Mm. And one last point on the Rams' side. They had Cooper Cup in the game with a minute to play. Down three scores. Keep doing this Throwing stuff. the ball. And he gets his ankle rolled up on. He was able to walk off under his own power. Um, seems like he'll be okay. Um, but he, at the he same time. He's banged up too. McVay, yeah, McVeigh said, like, I don't know. I shouldn't have done that. I wish I could have done it differently. But he didn't. And that almost cost him. That's their season if Cup goes out. I don't know what season Los Angeles has. But right now it's not looking good. Uh, in other news. In other games. There was only one game that had two winning teams. And it was at uh, the stadium formerly known as the Clink. Remember
2: mm. that? Yeah. Nobody knows what it too. is
4: now. It's Lumen Field. Let's check it out.
2: Geno <laughs> gonna throw again. On first down, pump fake. Gonna throw deep. Got a man in the corner. He didn't it. Touchdown! Seahawks! What a drive led by Gino Smith! was not going to let this one get away. He hung on, 33 yards out, and the Seahawks go on top, 19-13. ooh
4: Steve Rival with a call, K-I-R-O. Gino just keeps delivering, Greggy. Yes! Tyler Lockett caught a 33-yard touchdown pass from Gino with 9-18 to play. Uh, they then got a turnover on a kickoff, Scored the another touchdown, and that was that. A very close, tight game of the Giants turns into a 27-13 win over New York, who had entered the game, of course, uh, six and one. So they dropped to six and two. But uh, this game, Greg, um, another great effort, yes by Geno, um, but also by the defense, which is now stacked three games in a row. And I'm not saying we're ready to put the uh, the. I said the Mariners almost there. <laughs> We're not, uh, I'm not alone today. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I'm ready to put the Seattle Seahawks into the great category, but they are very firmly now in the good team category. And again, this is one of the bigger surprises in the league. They year. are. To me, they're the
5: team that everyone's trying to tell me that the Giants are. And I'm not going to just make this an anti Giants thing. But, but you I will. But I will. <sighs> uh, what else am I going to do? They are the team I think that's got more staying power of these two teams because I think when you look at it, they're really talented. They have good players. They have six or seven rookies playing key roles. They're getting better and better. Gino is number three in QBR on the season behind Mahomes and Allen. At a certain point, I'm just believing that he is, in terms of accuracy, right there with any quarterback in the league. He put the ball on the money again and again and again today, and his receivers couldn't come down with some tough catches, but he kept putting it there, and he came through. But the defense playing as well as they have the last three weeks... Let's me feel that Pete Carroll's got something here. It's a young group. They changed what their approach was in terms of getting more attacking. Their special teams has looked really good. Kenneth Walker, yeah, it didn't look great. 18 for 51. The Giants seemed really determined to stop him. But the play he made at the end to get the game's ceiling touchdown was an incredible individual play. And I look at this team and I see a clear top 10 offense who has DK Metcalf who apparently can't be injured and he's back in the mix. And I see a very competitive defense and I see a lot of verve out of their coach. And I think why not
4: the Seahawks long-term? And that's why I locked him up. correctly. Very nice. Well done. A little well done. dicey. It seemed dicey at the time, but again, that's part of me. I keep underestimating. You can uh, you know, you came Gino. at me.
5: I took that personally I, on Thursday. I, then you MJ. came into the office yes. today and you're like, Oh, Greg's really sweating it you out were. at 10, 10, I, would, I felt good about a little the lock, bit of a, though, the a whole little, time.
4: You had a little bit of a tight butt there early in the fourth quarter. You could hear the nerves in your voice.
1: Because but, the
5: Giants yeah, were listen. hanging around in a game where they didn't look like they should have You signed up for that been. journey, yes, though. So yes, I, I, yes.
1: I think it was a valiant lock. I mean, I, I, the thing is, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Seattle differently because their defense was just an open barn door. And it's totally changed. And I think that is something that, like, some of these better teams, if you actually have a version of defense that can impact games like this, I'm going to believe in you a lot more. The offense has been there all along. I I feel like this version of Pete Carroll – he just clicks with Geno Smith. They seem willing to be super aggressive down near the goal line, throw the ball, and not like have the media tell you that your quarterback, Russell Wilson, must cook and we must have that constant tension between coach and quarterback. He kind of just
4: wants to roll with Geno, and Geno's making the throws. I, I want to say to that point that Pete Carroll absolutely should be in the coach of the year. Um, category or high up in those rankings. I think he should be the leader in the clubhouse. This is a team that nobody thought could do anything. And clearly, I think part of Gino's great season, it goes back to like the coaching, empowering Gino and making him seem from day one, uh, that he was somebody that they could just thrive with, not just be a game manager. So I just give credit to Carol on that. Um, And, you know, in the NFC West, which we thought was going to be a very different type of division, uh, Seattle doesn't. It doesn't seem crazy that they could win this division.
5: No, they chose Pete Carroll ownership over Russell Wilson, and I, and I and I kind of killed him for that at the time. And that's looking that's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> it is. Pete Carroll went for it, and I feel like so many times the missed fourth downs get brought up a lot, but the the successful fourth downs that absolutely change the game don't get brought up a lot. And Pete Carroll went for fourth down twice on their first touchdown drive in the second quarter. And they got it both times and both were like an easy field goal range. One was on the 20 and one was inside the 10 and uh, one, you know, they get it to lock it and the other they end up running it in. They nail it both times. And I think it's because he's turning a new leaf, too, in terms of aggressiveness and realizing
4: this is an offensive team. Let's go for it. Um, And I did accidentally uh, call Seattle the Seahawks, the baseball team. I blame Jerome Boger, lead official of this game.
6: After the play was over sideline interference. The coaching staff of the Seattle Mariners was in the restricted area. 15 yard (laughs) penalty. After the enforcement of this penalty, it will be first and 10.
4: I said the Seattle Mariners. I believe he did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. What my- is Scott Service, uh, Mariners manager, doing on the sideline? It is my favorite thing that's happened
1: um, in the entire football season so far. Ouch. Well, the,
4: the best <laughs> tough year in the NFL. <laughs> well, it has been a tough year, but also
1: I think I, if I were a ref and had the chance to click on the mic, I might go do some of those things on purpose, especially you get in the, You're on the show now. It also was the best penalty
5: of the year because the reason Pete Carroll got that penalty, and it was Carroll, is because he was so fired up watching Geno Smith scramble for a third and long that clinch the game. And since they apply the penalty after the first down, it didn't cost them at all. So like coaches should run onto the field and get in the way of the ref. Every time they're in that situation, he looks like he's like 25 years old. I know your mom's always thought he was kind of a, a zaddy. Very. And attractive, he's like, yeah. he's like getting younger as this team he is has giving immense him life. life energy. Always uh, I, has.
4: I find him remarkably attractive as well. <laughs> it runs in the family. All right. So that was an important game between two winning teams. Now the best game, of week eight, found in a very unlikely place.
2: Snap spot, here's Koo for the win. Kick is away, and drive home safely. Young Way Koo from 41 yards wins the ball game. Arthur Smith and Atlanta are four and four. My goodness.
4: <laughs> Indeed, West Durham, get out the bongos.
0: This game deserved it. it
4: WZGC. Good call. The Falcons kicker, Young Wei Koo, one of the best in the league, splits the uprights from 41 out after the Panthers missed two kicks that would have won the game, including a long extra point, which we'll get to. Falcons, 37 34. The win over the Panthers. So it is the Falcons holding on to first place. Uh, Mark, this was a game that looked like it was over, and then it wasn't, and there was a lot of drama along the way before Koo put things away.
1: And then it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was, and then it wasn't, and we have David Ely, uh, a, a somewhat of a reluctant Panthers fan, in our newsroom, and I could hear him intermittently like screaming about something, then going totally silent about something, then screaming, and then go totally silent, and this game had all those ingredients. I mean, there were... They, the, these two teams alternated 10 straight scores at one point. It was just one of those games where like it com- became completely derailed. And poor Eddie Pinheiro. I, I don't enjoy watching um, kickers miss high-octane kicks and PATs in these situations because they're already um, typically outside of Justin Tucker's coolness. You're like a man on an island inside of most NFL locker rooms, I would imagine, to some degree. And when this happens, you have no friends. I mean, to... To miss the PAT that would have assaulted the game, you send it into overtime. You get the ball back on Marcus Mariota's terrible interception on his 29th birthday. Eddie Pinero <laughs> set up for a 32-yard gimme. I mean, you should be doing that if you had 12 beers and you you were an NFL kicker. You should be kicking that 10 out of 10 times. I mean, you'd like well, to see this that.
4: this a lot. And yeah. he misses it. But and it's Eddie Pinero. You know that will be his last kick uh, with uh, Carolina. You could you could bet that. And it just. It's funny, when kickers really get the yips in a game like that, you could tell right away. Even though it was an extra point, it was a coin flip, um, extra point length, less than. It was a coin flip in overtime. It felt like, yeah, he could definitely blow this. And and to your point also, like, he was getting a lot of pats on the back at the end of the fourth quarter when he missed the long extra point. Uh, But after the second one, you could tell it it was just like, everybody's like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, we're fighting our butts off here, and you just killed us. But you got to put some heat on DJ Moore, too. You got to praise him for the incredible touchdown he had uh, that allowed the Panthers to tie the game. Uh, But the call, taking off his helmet while celebrating, which I don't necessarily believe in, but it is what it is. Uh, that led to an extra point that would have won the game for Pinheiro turning into, what, a 45-yarder? Yeah, it turns into a th- thorny situation.
5: Which, which by the way, he might have missed. So I, I have put, you know, it's the same length as the field goal. Who's, not, who's to say he wouldn't miss the extra point? Not that you want to give DJ Moore some credit, but I did see some people be like, DJ Moore giveth? D.J. Moore taketh away. (laughs) I mean, they're not equal. He completed an unbelievable catch where he sort of slowed up halfway and the throw from P.J. Walker rolling left with under 20 seconds to go and no timeouts. That was the play of the NFL season. I, I got up out of my seat and I just started sprinting down the aisle Towards the Ely. I was like so the excited. Ely. Towards the Ely. that That's was just like that was I, the Kyle to Mur- Murray You're play so loyal essentially. To yeah, that is a perfect example. Well, I also had picked them, and you know, I was excited. It, it just seemed like it seemed like the play of the year. Like it was one of the more magical moments of the Terrible year. Terrible coverage miss, by Atlanta, to, miss my kick, to
1: miss that kick is crazy. I, well, is- Atlanta was down multiple, multiple defensive backs today. They had guy a the guy they brought up off the practice squad who got injured during it. That's the state of where but their they, secondary to was. To put it in perspective, the Panthers
5: got the ball there with 36 seconds to go and no timeouts needing a touchdown, and they got the touchdown with 12 seconds to spare. That That's almost <laughs> impossible.
4: Yes, yep. almost. Uh, two things I wanted to add. Hey, Kyle Pitts, Fantasy Owner Support Group, talked about it on Thursday, last stand. We got a nice day. We got about 90 yards and a touch. Let's stay the course. And along those same lines, Arthur Smith, nice to see you uh, treat your quarterback, Marcus Mariota, like a real quarterback and not like he's Tim Tebow, uh, letting him throw the ball. Guess what? Mariota, he made some mistakes, but he also made some throws as well. He made a killer mistake, but but he can throw the ball pretty well. You know, give your guy a chance to make plays, and he made more plays than he failed in in this game, and they got to win.
1: One thing I think that gets lost in the drama of the game, like... Dante Foreman like is has been awesome, and he was dominant today. And I have a guy now.
4: I have a guy. Um. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, yeah,
1: I've, yeah. I've talked talk about, about Danta Foreman You'll before. You'll shut <laughs> up. I'll tell you who it is. Tyler Algier yeah. for the Falcons. I love this guy, and we're he's my guy. To che- we're gonna have to check. You don't control that. Sit we down. To,
4: we have to check. You will. I will.
1: I will. I'm you I'm remove sorry, you from the building. I feel
4: uncomfortable even having this conversation. I will send
1: you, I will. I will send HR a fiery letter about all the things <laughs> now, I know about you. Can you explain? And you, <laughs> explain why? Because I,
4: I'm Do just. Do you want to su- get into that game, Mark? I'm surprised. I don't think Foreman.
1: I don't think Foreman um, is really guy eligible at this point. He's been around, but Algiers. Yes. Guys can be good. Well, Algiers, <laughs> What was it about his
5: um, 2.8 yards per carry today? It's so been the really past, got you past. It's going. been the past Hopefully. month. It's not just today.
1: Like go watch the Browns he, game. No, he, I like he's, him. Been, he's, he's been he's a feisty he's been runner, powerful. <laughs> they brought him in out of nowhere, and he's like he's 5'11", 220, and looks like a like eight eight hundred bricks stacked up. And top he of made each a other. great he made
5: a great play in um, as a receiver today on the twenty five We will and we're going to submit matches, it to the yes.
4: board. It will be. I do you're not a,
1: picking a guy that's like an all pro. It's like, it, it's like it's got to be a project. That's could, how I see it. It's
4: about a six to eight week uh, turnaround. The review process. In your we will be in touch with you.
1: In your world, this problems in your absurd
5: world.
2: Wait, we I have take a, a point too. This, know, this game we bums
5: it. me out though because just for kind of, they, they, yes, it would have been a four-way tie at the top of the NFC South. The Panthers would have been in first place, and like it would have <laughs> been like another team that <laughs> was sort of in not. the mix. They're
1: not, but it's
5: like, they ruined, it just ruined everything. Right. Eddie Pinheiro yeah, that ruined everything. That had never happened everything. in week
1: eight, and it would have been the first time there was a, t- like a four-way tie yeah. this late in the season since that the, the 1987 strike-shortened campaign in the Eddie NFC wow. Eddie
4: Pinheiro, I don't know where you go next, buddy, but uh, we feel for you. That, that could not have been fun. All right, we'll be right back.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring –
3: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
4: Welcome back. There is only one undefeated team in football, and I kind of get the feeling it's going to stay that way for a while. Let's check in with the Eagles. Hertz looks... Fakes, still looking, he is going deep down the far side,
0: and it is A.J. Brown again, another oh. touchdown, 29
7: yards. Boom, A.J. Brown puts on the burners, meets me in the
2: corner of the end zone, and it's a touchdown.
4: Oh my goodness, Merrill Reese and Mike Quick with the call for WIP. Good times in Philadelphia Pro Sports. AJ Brown had three touchdown catches in the first half. And, <laughs> and Jalen Hurts threw four touchdowns as the Eagles roll to a 35-13 win over the Steelers. And that's not a surprise necessarily, the final score here as we welcome in the great Nick Sochuk on Halloween. Uh, but it's just another reminder of like how easy Philadelphia is making it right now. Against their
2: opposition, everybody's so shook when Nick
4: is in the gym. He doesn't skip a gym
1: day because of a a manufactured holiday where you dress up in costumes.
7: Nick, I mean that that cannot confirm or deny that. Um, But those weightlifting sounds you hear—that's actually AJ Brown packing (laughs) on the muscle and then using it to dominate Mm. the Steelers' secondary this afternoon. I felt bad for Minka Fitzpatrick because. Each of the three touchdowns, it was Mika closing it over the top and just being woefully late or out of position Stone. to make a play. And the entire secondary looking like a bunch of fools. Uh, he he made them and did whatever he wanted to make them. He dominated them this entire afternoon. The Eagles had no problem going to him, passing the ball around the yard. They ran the ball pretty well. Miles Sanders capped it off with a touchdown. It went from seven to seven to a much greater uh, difference between the two teams. It was never really in question. In fact, it was so over, and the He's Eagles had so up. little fear <laughs> of the Steelers' offense <laughs> that they put Jalen Hurts on the sideline with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They knew it was over. They used to the chance. A resounding victory. In nice the move the with Houston. TNF
5: coming up. They have the. We got the Eagles and
1: the Texans in a bizarre... Thursday the night football match. I guess showed me the Eagles can win <laughs> one in so many different ways cuz there's <laughs> been weeks where AJ Brown's been a little more quiet and they've they've run the ball a ton and they've it de- kind of depends who the matchup is. They absolutely victimized Pittsburgh today. I mean Akilo Witherspoon got benched at one point it seemed it seemed like they were moving the, the secondary around and I mean these were the throws. It wasn't just AJ Brown's the catches like Jalen Hurts like from last year to this year in terms of his improvement on some of these throws is startling. And like he was absolutely on the money today. And I, I also get a Pittsburgh team. When you go play other sort of half-baked operations, you can hang around, and they do do that. But then when you go play Buffalo, you get your doors blown off. When you go play the Eagles, you cannot hang around because they are a middle-of-the-pack not fun to watch offense right now. And they've got very little on defense other than their reputation. Yeah,
4: Philly's one of the big three, obviously. And these teams that don't come ready, they get embarrassed. And let's listen uh, to Jalen Hurts talking about uh,
2: 7-0. You know, it's just it's just an uphill climb. That's what we always talk about. It's an uphill climb. So that's, that's what it is, you know what I mean? And I honestly feel like there is no arrival there is no arrival you will never get to a point where you say i've arrived there is no arrival there's only the journey and i've embraced that journey and i'll continue to do that and take it day by day and just try and climb
4: Shooky, Shooky, that's the old uh stephen tyler in uh, the amazing video life's a journey life's a journey
2: not a destination
4: remember that one probably not you're much younger
5: than you me. were like four at the time I don't want to
7: close my <laughs> eyes oh no, here we go wrong, wrong,
5: wrong ballad but-, <laughs> but still that was good all Aerosmith songs from that era
4: sound the exact same kind anyways of, yeah. but it was a yes, good song there were seven of them but they- it was good go ahead
7: <laughs> no I mean I totally agree I don't see why the Eagles should believe that they're not going to be the favorite and be a team that's going to Continue to remain undefeated. Their schedule sets up really nicely for them. They don't face a team with a winning record for like the next month. And I think one of the teams that could potentially have a winning record is the Colts. And I don't believe anything in the Colts either. So, you know, we see six and oh, seven and oh from the Eagles. I could see 11 0 very realistically because no team has really challenged them. There was a moment a few weeks ago when they were down 14 0 to the Jaguars and then turned it on on a sloppy Lincoln financial field and dominated them in that game. You know, I don't like to get too hyperbolic with teams because eventually you're due for a loss and eventually you're going to run into some struggles. But right now, the way their offense is operating, because they can attack you from so many different angles. A lot of teams have a hard time shutting them down or slowing them down. And their defense continues to get better, especially up front. They harassed Kenny Pickett all day today. It was just like, it was two teams in different leagues right now. And and I know the Steelers are working through some things and they got a rookie quarterback, but it just wasn't much of a competitive game after, you know, the first quarter, because the Eagles are just soaring at a different level right now. We Uh, talked about possibly,
5: uh, forking teams. Mm-hmm. It was a question asked on the Friday Fun Show, and I think the Texans were the only team we even could come up with. Mm-hmm. But I think in this AFC, which is awfully deep, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be pretty ready to fork this uh,
4: Steelers. I spread. would join you on that I mission. I think they're forked. It'll, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move on yeah. to a more competitive game, Nick Shook, uh, in Minneapolis.
2: Now Madison heads to the backfield, Cousins shotgun, short drop, throws right, and Figured
4: it out. They finally <laughs> figured out how we can beat that blitz. Paul Allen and Pete Versich. Paul Allen's my guy. If someone like, who's your guy? Like I said earlier this week or last week, Joe Burrow He's my favorite guy. In the booth, Paulie Allen. That's it. We should get him on the show. Good candidate for that. K F A N with the call. Yes. Kirk Cousins threw two touchdowns, ran for another score. Dalvin Cook, season high. 111 yards on a score of his own and a 34 26 win over the Cardinals. Shooky, I'm looking for great teams. I, good's fine, but I want great. The Vikings on a five game winning streak. You're not ready to put them there, are you? But let's talk about it.
7: No, I'm not. And, and the main reason is, is, you know, this is a win that you have to feel good about, but you also have to feel a little bit concerned because. Okay. They really should have won this game by multiple scores. They left at least six points out there in the, in the first half. Uh, they had a blocked field goal. They, they went. They threw it on third and one and fourth and one. Uh, when you have Dalvin Cook, you know ripping up, ma- you know massive gains on the ground. Um, I didn't agree with that, but they won the game. And you know KJ Osborne gave them. A lead. And it gave them a win, but it took the Smith <laughs> sacking Kyler Murray on the final play of the game to really seal it. They should have been done with this game, you know, four or five minutes earlier in the game. A- and they allowed the Cardinals to hang around and, and, and the Cardinals, an offense that's basically relying heavily on Deandre Hopkins right now, who is definitely back. Uh, I, that's why they're good. They're not great. That's why the Vikings are not yet great, but it is nice to string all these wins together and it's an NFC North. that's very winnable. So keep on going and maybe you sort those things out. This is obviously not what we predicted for this division going into the season, but I need to see them be a little bit better. Maybe they'll figure it out in the next month.
1: They were given some gifts in this game too, by Kyler Murray through that terrible interception to Harrison Smith. There was the play where the Cardinals were forced to or chose to kick a field goal because the shotgun snap hit Kyler Murray in the face mask or right around the head when he was staring at the sideline, which that, that kind of thing seems to happen to them weekly. Some sort of discoordinated scenario between center and quarterback or X, Y, and Z. Greg Dortch muffed that punt, which was huge for Minnesota. I mean, a lot went their way. And you're right, it came right down to the end. And they also benefited from the Cardinals just looking totally chaotic on that final Attempt to go tie it tie it up with Kyler Murray r- dancing around and getting taken to the ground twice. I, I, I feel like I see that every week too. Well, they they're missing four starting
5: offensive linemen, the Cardinals, including Outers. D.J. Humphreys, which was a a, a late uh, decision where we didn't know going into it. So. You're losing your center. You lost your guard for the year. Then you're down a couple tackles. It tackles. Like, that helps explain it. But I think one thing the Vikings have done a good job this year is they take advantage of those matchups. Zedaria Smith had three sacks and uh, four tackles for loss today. And it reminded me of the, the Dolphins game where he ate up their backup tackles. But that's sometimes what these games come down to. When the other team is missing some of their good players, can you just crush that matchup? And Minnesota's got enough star-ish players Their running game's getting going. Their pass rush is getting going. And they have Patrick Peterson playing well again, uh, Shook, where it's like any one of these stars kind of steps up in a given week and they're 6-1. and
7: Yeah, Patrick Peterson had a great pass breakup in the end zone early in the game that prevented them from scoring what would have been a game-tying touchdown. I was like, oh, look, it's Pat Pete of old. He's He's been pretty good this year. That all works out. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about those random stars that come up and make plays. Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. He hit his highest ball carrier speed on his rushing touchdown nice. in his career with the Vikings. It was like 18 point something miles per hour. It looked fast. I was stunned. The whole it, world was that stunned. Is, that's pretty fast
4: for him. I would have, I would have guessed if you would have just yeah. said, what would be the number? Cause I don't even know what a slow guy runs in the NFL. I would have said like 16.5, <laughs> right. but 18. Nice dude.
7: Well, what was the old saying? Everybody runs 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so, I mean, mostly he was, he was kind of close to that. Um, yeah. You <laughs> but, know,
4: this yeah, quote. I mean, oh, go ahead. Keep going, buddy.
7: Well, I, I just, I, to kind of tack on what Greg was saying, it was, it was the KJ Osborns. It was, you know, some of the other guys, Zadarius Smith stepping up and crushing a matchup like that. It was timely plays again in a game where they had left enough room for the Cardinals to come back. They had the possession two times in the second, or in the, in the fourth quarter where they could have gone down and taken the lead. And both times their defense stepped up, and and that's what was most important is winning those close games, I guess, even if you give the opponent more room to get back into the game.
4: And here is a interesting quote with that in mind from Kirk Cousins, and he said something like this a couple of weeks now. I thought we were a really good football team last year. We just couldn't find the inches in too many games. Why we found them now, I don't know. Now, you could either read that as a shot across the bow of old friend Mike Zimmer, or you could uh, read into it, if you want, as Kirk Cousins basically telling us, hey, we're actually kind of a regression candidate. Um, <laughs> we're we're going to finish 10-7 and seven or 9-8. and eight. But right now, things are going great, and uh, we're happy to be 6-1. I
1: one. mean,
5: if they went 9-8, and eight, they would have to go 3-7 and seven the rest of the way. That, oh, that you know
4: like, you know, they got a 4 out of
5: 5 yeah, in we,
1: We've seen them do exactly <laughs> that in the past. I don't think it's going
5: to happen. I just want to throw one bizarre uh, revenge game narrative out there that Patrick Peterson threw out after the game. He said that he's not happy with the Cardinals. And this is a future Hall of Famer, most likely, in Patrick Mm -hmm. Peterson, who played a long time for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. That when he was late in his Cardinals tenure, that someone unannounced would print out articles and comments about his poor play from the Internet and then put them at his locker. And I think he was, like, hinting that, like, ownership was doing this. I don't know who would do that. Maybe it would be coaches and that he's kept that with him, those printouts.
1: Seems like Bruce Arians-like. E- the- it seems arians yeah, It does not seem like an owner's going around doing that, like taping the article to his locker. But, <laughs> but he was mad and he got his revenge. That was a real revenge
4: game. All right, there you go. The Vikings improved to 4-0 and in their building. And if they do win the NFC North, they play a home game in the playoffs, at least one. Shooky. Uh, you're home, but I know you're heading to the gym now because you gotta get one last pump in.
7: <laughs> I just keep having this vision in <laughs> my head of Michael Bidwell flying his Cessna into an airport, getting off with like a leather backpack over his shoulder, yeah. and it's just stuffed with news. Yeah, right, just right. Clippings. And some
1: you know, some little rolls of tape to go right. post in the locker room. That's a cute little trick.
4: He had an assistant set up <laughs> hook up his printer to his laptop and he has all these around the NFL articles from two thousand seventeen ready. For stuffing into a locker. <laughs> Shook would never be stuffed into a locker. We know that. Bye, buddy. No. See ya. All right. Shook is gone, but we move on. And let's head to the Meadowlands, where the Jets had an opportunity to change things at MetLife Stadium. An opportunity. That's all it was.
2: Snap back to Zach Wilson. He's pressured again. He's chased to the right. Mac Wilson in pursuit. Now Throwing Wise up, throws, throws up. A throw down. Fifth yes! Second. The has got another. Coming Throwing back up. to the 35-40. Far sideline, 50. Go! Devin down the sideline to the 40. Stepping out of bounds after his second pick of the day. I
4: bet you.
7: It's
4: <laughs> a <laughs> pretty good call, you got to admit. Shut up, Greg. Um, WBZ with the call. That was Bob Sochi and a sentient Powerade bottle. I think it's uh, Mountain Berry is the Correct. flavor. And usually I don't... Um, agree with a, uh, a sports power drink, but I think, yes, Zach Wilson did deserve to be benched in this game. Devin McCordy had two of the Patriots, three interceptions of Zach Wilson, Nick Folk, former Jet, kicked five field goals, and Bill Belichick got another win, passing George Hallis on the all-time list. Final score, Patriots 22, Jets 17. That's more disappointment for jets fans and we'll get to that in a moment but let's start with the pats um who listen they're not a they're certainly not a great team i don't necessarily think the patriots um are necessarily even a good team but in this in this season i think they could be a playoff team if they do things like they did wow. today which is superior on special teams um have a defense that got off the mat after monday night's embarrassment and played well in this game and lean on a running game that is very good with Stevenson leading the way. And that was enough because uh, at that point, if you're a well-prepared team that wins in different phases of the game against a unproven immature, I'm not saying immature is like a person, very immature as a quarterback, Zach Wilson, just let him uh, beat himself and his own team. And that's what happened. This is, this loss was totally on Zach Wilson, mm. but credit to the Patriots for basically forcing uh, the Jets to lean on their young passer and it didn't work. He just doesn't have it. I mean,
1: there's too much stuff happening on a weekly basis. You talked about not wanting to see the old Zach Wilson backwards figure eight scenario where I just whenever there's pressure or heat on him coming towards him, like he will do something really madcap. He'll do something disorganized and Z- just whip the ball into weird places and like it cost them to get the game today.
5: Zolak. Said throw it up in the middle of the play. I've never heard that before, and I know Zolak is a little different, but he essentially was saying, I know how Zach Wilson plays. Well, I'm sure Zolak did that a lot in his
4: own career. (laughs) Right. Not the most gifted quarterback.
5: Rarely got in. I don't think he had many attempts (laughs) in his career. Uh, Well, for a reason. And saying, like, throw it up, like, this is our chance to actually score. And it was almost, you know, the only way the Patriots were – were getting in good field position was getting these turnovers from Zach Wilson. Uh, and then he does it for you. At that
4: point, like that that is a problem. This game turned uh, Jets up 10-3 late in the second quarter. They pick off Mac Jones, who's no good either, by the way. Mac Jones gets picked off. Pick six for Michael Carter. Uh 17-3. Jets up late in the second quarter. But no. Oh, that killed them. A late hit was called on John Franklin Myers on uh, Mac Jones it was borderline at best it wasn't a it wasn't like one of those uh, roughing the passer calls that you go nuts about you could see why it was called but it literally turned a 17-3 game into a 10-6 game after the field goal and then the Patriots just started piling up field goals because they don't really move the ball through the air the Jets defense was good in this game and then Zach Wilson imploded and let's listen to Um, Robert Sala, I thought Mike White was elevated to the number two uh, spot Mm. on the depth chart, which I thought was notable over Joe Flacco. I thought he should have been in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, After the game, Robert Sala was throwing his support behind his young quarterback. Where have I heard all this before?
0: We got faith in uh, NZ. Um, He's played good football. He's been, he's taken care of the football uh, since he's gotten back, and he's shown uh, flashes of good football, so um, everyone in the locker room size back. You know, I not know
4: about everyone because Elijah Moore was asked uh about his chemistry uh, with Zach Wilson. Here's what he had to
3: say.
2: How would you describe your chemistry with Zach on the field?
3: Uh, probably, I can't. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. I don't get the ball. I don't know.
1: The, the problem is that that's not the first <laughs> quote like that by a wide receiver. There's just bis- been disenchantment with the fact that post-Joe Flacco – you know, you well, know, it's
4: been Elijah Moore mostly. It's been in the media about it. I I, I may have missed it. Well, Denzel Mims has been having problems since he got to the team.
1: Yeah, tonight. I just think there's just I there's got to be chatter. I'd love to sure. be on their group cell threads or text threads where it's like, hey, um, you know what? For for all Flacco's ills, uh, we were throwing the ball for 300, 400 yards a game. It it's.
5: It's disappointing because without Brees Hall, obviously they have like a, a lesser margin for error. They're going to need their defense, and it sounded like their defense could have won this game Absolutely. potentially. The mm-hmm. two hundred well. two hundred and eighty eight yards for the Patriots, three point eight yards per carry uh, per play, which is really low. And Patriots fans were all begging for Mac Jones to be benched at halftime. And and analysts were saying they thought Mac Jones was going to be benched at halftime. So it's strange that the, the Patriots, yes, they win the game, but they finished the game with five drives where they were in position to put it away. And in those five drives, they went four and out three times and got one first down. And so I think there's more legitimate questions. I haven't been as worried about Mac Jones um Until this game, but now there's real questions about Mac Jones in his direction because the difference there is a big difference between him and Wilson. I mean, he did play 16 games, Dan, as a starter and was really productive and was like a mid level starter. And the fact that he's taken what now looks like a step back and it seems scrambled as a second year starter, he was the best thing about their season last year. And now he's like
4: the thing that's holding them back potentially. Uh, Let me clarify I'm not saying that Mac Jones is at the same level as Zach Wilson. Uh, Jones has done way more in his time. I just in general, not overly impressed by him. And uh he really did get bailed out on that pick six because that, that could have changed the Patriots and the Jets season, that roughing the passer, passer call. But I'm not making excuses. And a lot of people obviously in my Twitter saying, oh, Dan, oh, it's, it's going to be really hard for you tonight. He's like, no, it was much harder last week when they won and lost Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker because and you guys are giving it to me a little bit and I got other stuff like Dan, why are you in a bad mood about the Jets? Like they're five and two because I kind of saw this coming. Like when you lose the engine of your offense in Brees Hall, um, and then you have to turn it to Zach Wilson in a big moment against Bill Belichick. Uh, What we knew about Wilson going into this game, I was hopeful that they were gonna win, but I was never very confident because this always felt like an outcome. And in general, on the Friday Fun Show, I talked about how this could be it for Zach Wilson. This could be the moment that we remember him by good or bad. I've, I've, I still feel the same way that Zach Wilson is probably not the dude and Jets fans are now, now beginning this dance again where we're starting to look ahead and decide whether or not uh, we need to get a new quarterback. They need to show significant growth with him at the quarterback to invest beyond this year. There's still a lot of season left. They get buff- Buffalo next week. That's not going to be any easier. Uh, but this was a huge moment for the Jets and their fans. Uh, the, the stage was set and the quarterback lost them the game in a really ugly way. And that's disappointing to me, but not stunning, because well, we've you had know a lot of that.
1: Good. And I don't mean good about what happened today, but you want to find out that you don't have something in Zach Wilson as fast as possible, versus one of these merry-go-round scenarios where we're hearing about all offseason, how Zach Wilson's going to grow in X, Y, and Z. This is a good team. They've got a good roster. You've you, well, right, you got a good general manager, a good coach. Don't get sabotaged by the wrong quarterback for as any another week if you don't need but to. But
5: the... the the thing with these two teams is are they're trying to make the playoffs this year. And I, I, I don't think – I think Belichick is going to stay loyal to Mac Jones and stick with him uh, for a know. while. But that's going to be a question. And to the Zach Wilson point, that is a question because they have a whole locker room full of guys who are trying to make the playoffs. I I don't think Joe Douglas or Robert Sala's jobs are going to be in danger at all anymore. Uh, but they want to get to the playoffs too. And you eventually owe it to those guys. And he's going to make them make – a decision at some point, partly because we've seen what the offense looks like with Flacco. And not that it was great, but it was an NFL offense. It was a passing offense, and this just isn't with What with do you Wilson. really want to see like, Zach- He's the
1: worst starter. You know, he's, he's in the mix as the worst starter in the league. Zach Wilson against the Bills. If, if they don't make the decision now, that could be the executioner
4: song. But you know what? To the point, like I said last week, that low, when Brees Hall went out, it lowered their ceiling. It's a developmental season for the team. I want to see Zach Wilson. When I say I want him on the bench at the end of this game, I didn't mean bench him for good. I meant get Mike White in there and see if you could get two scores quickly and steal another game. Um, But this absolutely is a developmental year for the Jets, even if they're improving. And you need to know whether he can play or not. And there's starting to be more and more mounting evidence that he just doesn't have the ability to do what, Mark? Play the guitar.
1: Play that guitar!
4: Play the guitar. By By the way, way, he's not
1: a musician, which
5: is sort of a problem for some athletes. Keep an eye on uh, the Patriots' <laughs> trade market here. Nelson Aguilar, De- Devontae Parker, and Kendrick Bourne combined for three targets and two yards in this game. And I, I was interested to see Rap sheet talking about, like, well, kind of all their receivers are
1: available this weekend so, or this week. So
5: I like all these
4: there. teams of Brandon <laughs> Cooks's past being connected to Brandon Cooks this week. It's I love these funny. teams
1: like, telling us that these mid-range players that you could, you wouldn't send a bag of rocks for are available hey. in trades. It's like great, thanks Ouch. for the update. Oh, you yeah. really nice reverse That's psychology. That's Kendrick
5: Bourne, <laughs> uh, leading receiver from a year ago.
4: Uh, Come on, uh, it, if you ahead. thought I like if you thought the Jets uh, today were depressing, well, guess what? The Detroit Lions are the team of around the NFL, and that is not going well mm. at all. Let's check it. That was a mistake. And two out of the
3: shotgun, back to throw. Now looking, throws right. it. Touchdown Miami, Mike Kosicki! Yeah, the Dolphins have their first lead in this football game. A 11-yard touchdown, Kosicki's fourth of the year.
4: What's the problem, Greg?
5: They're always just so chill on the Dolphins you like it. It's a little more verve. Let's get excited. I love him, W-Q-A-M. but it's that was a great play. Doesn't sound and like love. a great love.
4: comeback. You're right. Yeah, Tua read through all his progressions, found Mike Kosicki late in the third quarter. For the touchdown that capped the Dolphins rally from a double-digit second-half deficit. I agree. I mean, you got to be pumped up there in a big spot, uh, Dolphins Radio. Anyway, 31-27 win over the Lions, maybe because it was so inevitable. Because playing the Lions, it doesn't matter because you know they're going to give you infinite chances to score 30 to 40 points. Anyway, Tyree Hill. 12, he's going to have 2,000 yards, by the way. Tyreek Hill. 12 for 188. Jalen Waddle, he's going to have 1,700 yards, everybody. It's insane. Eight for 106 and two touchdowns, uh, and Tua has another win. So, Greg, let's start with the Dolphins. Yeah, let's be positive first. Let's start with the Dolphins because they're 5-3. and three. They're now tied with the Jets behind the Bills in the AFC East. And this was the game, personally, I wanted to see. I, I expected it. In fact, I predicted it on the Friday Fun Show, exactly what ha- happened Just light up a defense, score a ton of points, and get things rolling. Not just big numbers, big like score points, and they did in this one. Right, and in a tough spot where their defense
5: gives up 27 points in the first half, their defense doesn't get a single stop. There was not a punt by either team in the first half of this game. (laughs) So Tua was in a spot where he had to keep delivering and responding with points. I think this was, if not the best game of Tua's career, it's this and that Ravens game or earlier than this season. And I say that because just the decisions were all pristine and you can say, oh, it's the opponent. Yeah, but you still have to make those quick deci- decisions and deliver to the right guy in all the different spots. You mentioned how he was like on the third progression with Gasicki. Their offensive line played fantastic, but he had 13 completions that went 10 or more air yards. 10 of those were in the 10 to 20 range. There and that's go. where the Dolphins live. He's just accurate. And he was sloppy last week. He was not sloppy today. Every pass was right on point. And yeah, he has to like kind of run up to get it deep to Tyree Killer. And it feels like it's a little underthrown. It doesn't matter. It's still, it it's matter. still
1: 40 in the in the box score and a count. The one thing up that with Waddle and Hill is they seemed like today and other weeks they're so open. Yes, they're just sitting. I mean, and he's making those throws. So I made you. a it's couple good throws
5: him. and a couple scrambles too, which were I thought real in in improv improvisational plays, too,
4: like on top of that. He's a good fit for the offense, right? Because, yeah. yes, he's not the guy that's going to Herbert you with bombs, but with the guys and their skill set, get the ball down to them at 12 yards downfield and then let let them get 40 yards. I mean, these
1: Hill and Waddle had 20 catches for 300 yards, <laughs> essentially. We've never seen anything like this in terms of a wide-out duo, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the mm-hmm. scoring
5: ended, weirdly, at the end of the third quarter. The Dolphins have kind of a ball control offense. It doesn't feel like that cuz they have such chunk plays, but their games often have sometimes have very few possessions and the the Lions only had the ball 3 times in the second half. So after scoring 27 points in the first half, Uh, They only had it three times in the second half. They had, like, two pretty quick punts. And the Dolphins' offense, the way they're playing here, like, you punt a couple times against them, you might not get the ball back for a while, and you're done. The game really turned on the final play of the first half. Josh Reynolds dropped a touchdown, which would have given the Lions 31 points in the first half, and it would have made the two teams have 600 total yards, which I was rooting for because it was just, like, a nice round number. I was going to tweet
4: it. But he oh, dropped it. That's the tragedy.
5: Right. There. He dropped it. And then what they a kicked a field goal. And then there was a play on fourth and long late in the game where the Lions were trying to take the lead back where I thought Goff played a, through a pretty good ball, giving Reynolds a chance to make a play. And again, he didn't make a play. It was right on the goal line. Would have been a big play. And that was that.
4: Let's uh, now has become part of our sentence for our, let's, let's face it at this point, mistake of selecting <laughs> thank you for acknowledging Detroit... that don't try to distance yourself from this mark we've we're noticing you're doing that every week you what? voted with us i am acknowledging that i made a mistake a, a month and a half ago we are all on the same. I'm now, s- we uh, sink together on I'm this not, mark. I
1: never said I didn't vote for the Lions. I am simply saying it was a terrible decision, and I'm accepting one third of it. Mike, you were,
5: yeah, you bailed <laughs> after like <laughs> one game. I don't, but I'm not. <laughs> but but you're, you're like Eliza Moore, This is the thing where we you're like rock yeah, you're, on. On the boat. Mark's hold like, on, see on. you guys. You're, I'm doing, not even you're, doing, right now. you're
1: doing the thing where it's like, oh, Mark, like you're not being a no. It's like I made the mistake. I am part of the process that that I am calling faulty. I'm just calling it faulty where a couple is like, no, we're sticking. It's like, I, we have to stick with them.
4: But it is a sentence, and it was a bad job. I believe that uh, the Raiders team of ATL from about five years ago that you rubber-stamped, this is your chance to get even a little bit because you went down with the Raiders that year.
1: When I picked the Vikings <laughs> as the team of ATL, you spent, you spent two months <laughs> acting like you weren't part of that process. There we go. So point the is. point the finger back at yourself for there how you is. behaved years in years past.
4: There it is. You're trying to settle a score.
1: No, I I, I we am go telling down you, I, I'm not sitting. Oh, it was you and Greg, and look at me. I had nothing to do. I mean, we have video and audio evidence.
4: Of I it, still so. think
1: you will rally lions. Well, Come Greg, on. you're the psychotic one. We
4: rallied to four Let's, wins. Uh, part of our sentence I was going to say is Dan Campbell hearing him sad every Sunday. Let's listen.
0: Mm. My thought is, is that as frustrating as it is, I know how close we are, because we are still talking about one play. And uh, the hard thing is to just uh, keep doing your job, you know, and staying in the thick of the storm. And uh, the easy thing is to go down below and get under the blanket and eat all the food and whatever. It's the guys who are gonna stay on the deck and just continue to do their part, because um, they know the sun's coming. That's Those are the guys we're looking for, so.
5: See, Dan and I are under the blanket right now. We're eating the food. Eating that's that's where the... he's telling
1: you not to go. Uh, but... That's where the people with no courage <laughs> I mean, they're, go. They're where five. I, would, I would like to go there. That sounded our better than confusing. Uh, then we're on the deck waiting for the you're sun. You're meant to be up we're on the waiting waiting deck for the ready,
4: ready, for, ready for battle. We can't get out. Once you're in, you're in. But it's been bad. They've been, I think, 0 and 5 since we selected them. It,
5: it is particularly <laughs> cruel and <laughs> can't get a whole lot worse than 0 <laughs> 5. Like, we would be on top of this whether we w- had picked them or not. But man, the way they lose these games, they are. It, every game has like a moment. They are in all these games. They don't have a pass rush, though, and I don't know if that's going to change. Aiden Hutchinson and, and the rest of the defensive line, just they just can't Mm-mm. get any
4: pressure. It's killing them. All right, let's uh, take a break and move on mm. to happier things.
3: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back.
4: I'm not looking for good. (laughs) I'm looking for great. And with that in mind, let's head to Big D. Fields in the gun. Back to throw. Parsons coming. He flushes out left. He stops. He dumps it short to the 25. Still moving, Montgomery fumble the ball. Recovered by Dallas. <laughs> Mike Parsons is on the ball. And he's still he's still alive. He's still running. He's still moving with the ball to the 10, to the 5, to the goal line. Parsons recovered a fumble and brought it all the way back. Freakish. Brad Sham and Babe Loffenberg. K R L D. You know the. The Micah Parsons LT stuff that we talked about. Whatever. You could be on that debate. You could say it's too premature. You could say he's that at that level potentially. But that's the type of play it's like that was LT-like. He flushes Justin Fields out of the pocket. He runs the play down 12-15 yards downfield. Picks up the ball, then has the smarts to run, even though it seemed like he was down by contact. And he scores a touchdown. That basically iced the game. A 49-29 win. For the Cowboys. Thank you to Justin Fields for hopping over him. That right. Was, uh- that was remarkable that Fields, just to get out of the way, uh, missed him by inches, allowing that touchdown to happen. But let's face it. The Cowboys probably would have taken over and scored a touchdown anyway, the way this one went. They scored uh, the first four times they had the ball for the first time in, I believe, eight years Dallas did. And uh, while Chicago was game and they were um, competitive for large chunks of this game after falling behind huge early – Um, they were just ultimately overmatched uh, by Dallas. And what the reason why, Mark, I'm saying, hmm, maybe we could put Dallas into the great category, not in the big three, but in that next spot below, is because now you're seeing the offense clicking in concert with that defense that we already know could be one of the best in the league.
1: Right. The defense is NFC title game worthy. It is potentially Super Bowl worthy in this 2022 campaign. And they got to the record they were at and won with Cooper Rush and made a thing out of Cooper Rush because it was the defense propping them up week after week. When you go look at what Dallas did today, and if you look at the last eight quarters of Dak Prescott, some of his throws today and the way that they just absolutely fried Chicago's defense, which – looked good against the patriots week ago and has had some good good games one scoring drive 1180 yards 869 675 854 they're just able to string together plays make passes through the air tony pollard i i i'm with you that zeke and tony pollard are a good combo but tony pollard is a starting running back on any other team Flat out is looks awesome. And I mean, he's better than Ezekiel Elliott. Well, I, I think there's yeah. just debate where it's like we we're not meant to say that or something. But it's just like he just looks to me like a better version of a starting running back. But that's fine. That's a good problem to have. And they've got weapons all over the place. And if you're going to get this version of Dak Prescott today and the way that they called plays, um, they're fringy on great. I never really believe in the Cowboys with this whole thing. I, that's my issue. I, I think, th- think they could be in this world. With, I love I think over the, back.
4: the Zeke Pollard thing is really a, a Jera-driven narrative more than anything else because he's paying him so much, at least for yeah, one it's more fair. year. Fantasy, too. It's fantasy, too. And, fantasy and, too, yeah. and Zeke has... He has value to the team on some level because he can grind out yards. He's a good goal line guy, obviously. But I think it's clear to anybody that watches these games that Pollard is the better, more dynamic running back. And I do think even what whatever Jarrah says, because Jarrah loves Zeke too, so he's showing him some respect, you're going to see it in the box score more and more that this is Tony Pollard's backfield. Right.
5: The, the, it was the proof of concept game. Okay, we don't have Zeke. Uh, let's put up almost a 50-burger on a pretty good defense. This game, you know, changes a little how we see the Cowboys. Not that we should need to see Dak Prescott playing well, but it's nice. It's just been a while. And like the Bears a week ago, changed who I thought think they can be this year just in terms of a frisky team that's watchable. And in this game, you know, move the ball. Uh, Fields played better. You know, they ran the ball great. Again, I think Dallas showing that they can put up this type of offensive performance does put them in the great category. Because the numbers would tell you, Dan, that they're already pretty close Mm -hmm. to great. They were third or fourth in DVOA as a team with average quarterback play at best going into this game and now you have Dak Prescott. If you get normal Pro Bowl Dak Prescott, that's that's cooking with gas.
4: Uh yeah, and I like in the Power Rangers, for example, they're an easy number 4 for me this week like they were an easy number 4 last week. So they're they're interesting and potentially getting better. Um Chicago ran for 240 yards on the ground, which was this is kind of a weird game and they jumped out early and then you could see Dallas kind of let up a little bit on defense. We'll see if maybe the defense now is coming down to earth a little bit after the off after carrying the offense that it's a long season this stuff can happen sometimes but overall I feel very confident about the Cowboys We're moving forward.
1: We're back to a place where like Justin Fields had 46 yards passing at the half but I something that's happened in them over the last couple of weeks you mentioned it Greg I think Fields has gotten better as a passer his what he does on the ground legitimately scrambles defensive coordinators, and they're just a great running team in general, and so I, I don't know. It felt like the entire run of this podcast, the Bears have been a frustrating watch. Um, they had a couple of playoff years in there, but you weren't buying it. I, this team is enjoyable, and I even today, there were moments and big plays where it's like, I'll sign up to watch the Bears weekly, and we haven't really given them credit for doing anything in a long time because they didn't deserve it.
4: Yeah, Fields is getting better, um, and he was good in this game. He doesn't have a lot around him, and I talked about on Thursday, the, after that great uh, emotional win over the Patriots in primetime, you trade away Robert Quinn, and then the defense doesn't even show up until halftime of this game. But you scored 29 points on one of the best defenses in the league. So that is progress. This is a developmental year for Chicago, and I think we're seeing some good things despite this loss.
5: I also like when Jerry starts getting frisky uh, mm-hmm. after the game. And they're 6-2, and two, which is great, and they look great, but they're still stuck in that division where they, they got some ground mm-hmm. to make up. And they're looking at uh, the trade market, he said, and we feel they said they feel good about their chances I didn't there. know where you were going with this at first, but now I <laughs> know okay. I do. <laughs> and, and he said... He said, "Also, well, there's some guys uh, that aren't even on other teams that are available." And someone was like, "Oh, Odell." Of course. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't say that, but he did it with like the you right, know, right. wink, you know, winking grin that Jerry I'm just is a good like, old boy, you know okay. me.' I was like, okay, I can see that.' Like, if I'm Odell Beckham, I look at the Rams and I look at the Cowboys, and uh, it oh, just shucks. makes you sense. You know, I'm just
4: an old huckster at heart. <laughs> He's I'm smart, not gonna too. tell you a thing. He got quiet as a June bug.
1: I got three whiskers in me." <laughs>
4: <laughs> whiskers whiskies. Oh, <laughs> let's move on we can't say anymore
2: <laughs> give it to henry 25 20 15 outside to the 10 puts a move on to the five stiff arm dives over the pylon touchdown titans that was a man-sized run by the man derrick henry what a great run by derrick henry
4: he's not a man Derrick Henry's the big dog. Feed the big dog and he will growl and bite and destroy. <laughs> Mike Keith with the call WGFX Derrick Henry for the fourth time in a row against the Texans went over 200 yards on the ground on 32 What's carries. Going on here? I mean, he's one of the great running backs of his era and a future Hall of Famer, and he could do the stuff that Adrian Peterson could do in his prime, you know, like one of those dudes. Anyway, that's all they needed, Derrick Henry, because even with Ryan Tannehill out of this game, boys, um, and the, the rookie quarterback not doing a damn thing, you had Derrick Henry. And that's, that's that tells you, Mark, like what's special about a guy like Henry, what separates him from other great running backs. Mm-hmm. The entire Houston Texans staff and every player knew that the Titans weren't going to be able to move the ball if they didn't run the ball, and it didn't matter. Henry just got the job done, and Tennessee keeps winning as a result. So
1: that's like the most powerful, like a powerful version of an athlete, where it's like everyone knows, uh, here comes Derrick Henry. You know what it is? He-
4: Imposing one's will.
1: Yes, I think that's well. Also, let's impose his will 32 times and have the quarterback throw
4: 10 passes. Which was a smart decision. Yeah. because I mean,
1: that's what you want the Browns to do yeah. with Nick Chubb and other teams to do. I mean, in this case, it works. I mean, they could give know. the ball to Hilliard a little more. Dontrell Hilliard
5: goes eight for 83. I just worry. You know, Derek Henry gets these 32 carry games, and he's had a few lately. But it's crazy that he kept the 200 yards and two touchdown streak against the Texans going. It's it's preposterous <laughs> that he's done, it. he's done it four straight times. And it, it is exciting when you can just see something special in sports. And One of his first runs of the game, he was slaloming through the Texans line and just, like, jumping back and forth laterally. And you're like, wow, he looks as explosive as he's ever looked. And I hate when teams like the Texans tack on 90 yards on a garbage time drive Mm because the yardage in this game was 354 to 71 before that drive. That's how much of a dominant game it was.
4: Um, You had Davis Mills, who took another big step back after – taking a step forward last week. He had 17 yards, I believe, through the air in the first half of this game. It was it was not – we'll bring in Gravedigger here because I know he's feeling hot, even though A.J. Brown uh, proved to be godlike for another team. You could just forget about that because not only did the Titans win again, uh, you locked it up just like I locked it up, just like Mark locked it up. Did I get Everybody.
5: Good job, all sticking with that. Well, I'm, let's I'm call surprised. It uh, I think that was great. We noble stuck.
4: Move. We stuck with the Titans because the Texans stink, and that's what <laughs> it comes down to, Justin.
6: <laughs> yeah, the Texans were not a good team today or this season, I guess. The Titans average <laughs> Titans average seven yards a carry, and that includes Malik Willis's five carries for 12 yards. They threw one pass in the second half, and it was like... Wow, it's Mike Fable's dream. <laughs> <laughs> it was Malik Willis rolling out of bounds, literally jumping out of bounds and throwing a pass right before he landed out of... Like, it could have almost been counted as him just being out of bounds, but that was the only pass they had to throw in the second half. And just, like, everyone in the stadium knows that the Titans are going to run it on every play, and they still pop off seven yards of carry is unbelievable. I don't know
4: if that, that doesn't work in January, as we've seen, but um, and it's not going to work, uh, probably if Malik Willis is starting against the Chiefs next Sunday night, uh, which is a huge game for Tennessee in terms of a measuring stick. Uh, but ultimately, they they have things under control. Malik Willis didn't show me a lot, but they, like we said, they didn't really give him a lot to do in this game. Um, but I, I, I'm feeling good about Tennessee. Again, they're ve- they're built very well to succeed in this landscape of the NFL. I think you, you tweeted, Justin, that they are in line right now as the second seed. In the AFC, they are going to be in that mix because I think they're going to continue to grind down teams uh, and close out games.
6: Yeah, the offensive line still looks like a really great run blocking unit, even though they cannot pass protect very well. But if you want to just break down Malik Willis really quickly in his first NFL start, I would say eight of his 10 passes were really bad. Um, <laughs> well, And like one a... of those includes a throwaway that, like, he should have run the ball for, like, at least 20 yards, and he threw it away. He missed uh, Chigakuanco on, like, a tight end wheel route that would have been a touchdown just, like, late and overthrew it. His interception was late and off target. He had one really nice play rolling out to the left where he, like— the arm angle rolling left to throw to get the ball to Robert Woods on the biggest completion of the day for 16 yards was a really fantastic play but even that one was like him sitting in the pocket holding it too long and then making something happen afterwards but like he's he's not processing quickly at all he's not seeing the field well and he's not getting the ball out of his hand
4: Let's get Tannehill back in the lineup, basically. Yeah, they and, it, it. By, and by the way, he was... Good thing he, they had the Texans
5: this week. He had the ankle
4: and then came down with some type of stomach bug or something, Tannehill, some type of illness. Uh, and this worked out perfectly because you took care of business, you give him more time to rest, get the ankle right, and hopefully they're ready to roll against Kansas City. That's going to be a good one. It's kind of an example if
1: you're Ryan Tannehill. It's like, oh, you don't want to get injured and be out of the lineup. But this was the guy who was, in theory, breathing down your neck. And it's like, let's... Uh, press pause on Malik Willis for a bit here.
4: Yes. Let's head to the Superdome where, strange thing uh, in the NFL on this uh, eve of Halloween, only one team showed up. It's tricky. (laughs) Mm. It's weird. Hard to be competitive in that scenario.
2: Dalton DeFro looking, looking. Comes it across the middle. Camara's got it. 25, 20, 15, 10. Nearsighted. He will scoot into the end zone. Alvin
4: Camara does it again. Three for three. Three
2: TDs for AK.
4: My favorite thing about Alvin Kamara is if you if he's near the goal line with the ball, not so much on that play, but there was another run where it's just like he's gonna get over the goal line. He is the best finisher in the league. Maybe Derrick Henry. But he's a star as well. Mike Haas with the call, WWL. Three touchdowns, yes, for Alvin Kamara. And a 24-zip win over the Raiders. Uh, This came after Kamara, after that ugly um, loss to Arizona on Thursday night in the locker room after the game, really gave it to the team and demanded that they clean up their act and be better. And, Greg, that's what a leader does. Uh, He then backs it up with big-time play and the Saints are off the mat, and the Raiders are off in space somewhere. Yeah, right? I don't know mm.
5: what happened with the Raiders here, and we'll get to them, but I like that Pete Carmichael, their play caller, made a point to get Kamara the ball early and often. I, th- I think it was something like six or eight of their first 12... Eight of their first 12 plays was to Kamara. And all game, Dalton was looking for him on the check down and sometimes as a a primary receiver. And I think that's why they kept Andy Dalton as their quarterback. It sounds silly, but he gets Kamara the ball. And I think that is a window into who he is as a quarterback versus who Jameis is, who just never takes check down and is bad at the short game. And what this team needs is a quarterback who's good at the short game because they don't have their wide receivers right now. The fact that they went up and down the field on Vegas without Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas was impressive. But the fact that they shut. Out the Raiders, who had been scoring 33 per on defense, was way more impressive, and gives me way more optimism that this team could bounce back to Frisky because mm. their defense has stunk all year, and you could see it from the very first snap. They were so active in just getting after Derek Carr, Davenport, Jordan, even Peyton Turner, their first-round pick, were just getting after him, and they ended up with a goose egg. They had 100 and I think 19
1: yards until their garbage-time drive the Raiders, mm. for the entire game. I mean, I just wonder if it's the Raiders that flat-out stink after I spent two weeks thinking, you know what? they changed their identity under Josh McDaniels. They're going to run the ball. It makes Derek Carr much more efficient. Like, Devontae Adams disappeared today. Uh, it's like whatever they think they were came into this game trying to do, they couldn't do. Hey,
4: easy on the uh, criticism of Derek Carr because he's going to be the Jets quarterback next year. Um, <laughs> oh, the, that should be a fun offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm a little mad now in retrospect that this this had all the trappings, Greggy, of a classic cornered animal game. Same for Mm -hmm. the Saints. They were at home after like half a bye week uh, against an inconsistent opponent. And they just whipped up on the Raiders, who are a mess. Let's listen to Josh McDaniels, who, by the way, for the second time in like three or four weeks, got called into the principal's office to speak with Mark Davis before he addressed the media. That's like a two strikes, I don't you know, like three yeah. strikes, maybe you're out. Let's uh, listen Whoa. to Josh McDaniels. It's not going well, Greggy. Uh, I have to do a much better job of getting ourselves ready to go here. Um, that's, that's, we're better than that. And, uh, you know, I apologize to Raider Nation for, for that performance. And, uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's, that's my responsibility. So, mm. Ceci
5: was really annoyed that this was
4: not his game.
5: This was the all-time Sessy dream. It was 24-0 early in the third quarter. (laughs) Early in the third quarter. This game was put to bed early in the third quarter, and it ended at 1244. Four, I think, Pacific time. That's clean. It was Ooh. like over so early things. It essentially was a second <laughs> half party for everyone in the Superdome. Like, and there was no let up to it. Meanwhile, it was crazy. Mark,
4: you're saddled with
5: Carolina Atlanta which the game went on that one like, end.
1: Yeah, it went on until about you know four thirty <laughs> Eastern. But I I you know what? Like to say you like a game like this, like it's just a rarity in, in this twenty twenty two season. It never
5: happens. Uh shout out to Chris Olave who went five for fifty two. But I just watch him every week and he can do everything. He is the best rookie receiver in the game this year and he's like a he's a number 1. He if anything he was undersold. He's carried this passing game, Olave, as a rookie. It's pretty impressive.
4: Yeah, and uh at some point I imagine Michael Thomas will come back, uh but there is on the on the path <laughs> on the path to friskiness um, getting those two guys on the field together, a healthy version of Michael Thomas, would be very interesting with Alvin Kamara healthy. And in this division, Andy Dalton. They got a chance. A little Taysom thrown in. All right. Oh, I
5: yeah. Mean, can it's we, not over can yet. We
1: just, can we see them string together like three wins once I mean, again? such a give me a break. Like, one-
5: yeah, yeah, I want to see more, like, but this I, shows I, I their upside. I think
1: the Saints are enjoyable uh, on many levels, and they have been, but it's like I could also see them dropping the next two games and us talking about the defense falling through the floor again. I agree, sure. but this
5: was like a proof that they are better than, yeah, than they've shown. There's
1: H- something in there. Taysom
5: Hill and it There's something in the mix. Okay. Mark. Don't check the stats. Not,
1: I don't disagree necessarily, <laughs> but I would like a little more proof. If we're gonna, I mean, we're not you know, sending a to the, the, the NFC roll title game teams. right now. We're just saying, okay, all right. I don't even. I can't even imagine what the NFC title game is going to be at this point. It's going to, I mean, show me it's team number two. Eagle,
5: Eagles-Cowboys three. Eagles 49ers. I mean, there's some good teams here. Let us take a break. Be right
0: back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
3: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
4: All right, let's head for the last time this season. Another grand success over there in England. The London series capped with the Jaguars, of course.
0: Now it's up to the Broncos defense. First and ten at the 25. Shotgun snap. Trevor Lawrence looks right, throws right. That ball is going to be intercepted. That ball is intercepted by K1 Williams.
4: His first interception as a Denver Bronco. And it may have very well sealed the deal here in London. Unbelievable play by Williams. David Logan with the call KOA. He's got something like a ligament damage in his elbow and the whole arm is all Got a cast on it, janked up, and somehow he makes a diving catch to seal that game. Trevor Lawrence once again falls short in a big spot, and the Broncos survive and get a much-needed 21-17 win over the Jaguars at Wembley Stadium. Uh, Russell Wilson, not overly impressive here, Greggy, but at the same time, and I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the uh, ESPN team, but they did set the table nicely. Ahead I of the, they were good. ahead of the last drive, where uh, you know this is a big drive for Russell Wilson and the Broncos' immediate future, and he led them down the field for the go-ahead score. So two touchdown drives for Wilson late allows them to escape and exhale.
5: Yeah, he did not play well in this game. I know, I know you hate the grading, but he will not grade well. I assume on PFF. But the way I don't have a
4: problem with grading. I have a problem with Aaron Rodgers telling us that his grade was great. Yes, that
5: that was that great. (laughs) But the way it ended was perfect. He started that drive you talked about with one of those old, TD Mm -hmm. sexy, deep balls to KJ Hamler. That's what he does well. You know what else he did in that drive? He scrambled on third down uh, to keep it going in the red zone. We need to see more of that. And then they end up running the ball in. He he did make some big plays in this game, even if it was sandwiched around uh, a lot of, ineptitude and missing open receivers. And, and I think that's huge for them. We've heard some whispers, you know, some reporting that, yeah, who knows if Hackett uh, is going to make it through the whole season here. And this was a game that you you never want to get left back in England. So I, I think it's massive for them in the same way that it's crushing for the Jaguars, because I guess we've probably given up on the Jaguars, but I don't think they've given up on themselves. And this is a, a humbling win, I feel like, to not be able to close out. I think on both sides of the ball, defensively
1: and offensively, there's big questions for the Jaguars. Well, i think it's pissed off, Angelo. It feels like every week to the if you're a Jaguars fan, it, it's there. I we debated a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. I don't think anyone's saying Trevor Lawrence has fully arrived, but it's like on any level. But it, there are missed throws every week, and there are last-minute turnovers, and there are just too much left on the field, and it kind of masks over. The kind of game you got from Travis Etienne, it was fantastic today. It's like, can the Jaguars learn to close? Could the Broncos learn to play offense at all? And at least we got halfway there today. Do I think? It, do, does it change what I think about the Denver Broncos? Not at all.
4: Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, they got they get to, they the, get to bye the bye at three and five. They are no one's idea of a real contender right now. But it would have been a disaster if they didn't find a way to win this game. And you know, I've said it myself. I beat the drum a little bit, like. Do we have to, every week, talk about whether Trevor Lawrence is living up to the hype? Well, now we're about halfway through his second season, and he was picked one spot ahead of Zach Wilson. I think he has longer rope with his organization than Zach Wilson will have with it's his potential. He's a much better player uh, to the eye. Yes, he's he's had moments for sure, more moments uh, than Zach Wilson, but maybe not a ton more. It's And it's a little bit... It's a little bit depressing to see this game where he throws a red zone interception on first and goal from the one in the first half. He throws that pick on the final drive, and you're waiting for him to kind of make that arrival, and it's just not happening. So, Jacksonville fans, I can only imagine uh, the frustration you're feeling because you keep waiting to hear about this guy that you were told was this generational talent, and he's yet... To arrive.
5: I felt like today was a turning point for that. Just looking at Twitter and some of the Jaguars' reporters, I think in this spot, I think he averaged four yards per attempt, and those, that first and goal interception was inexcusable and was the biggest play in the game
4: to, to me. I even thrown it, by the
5: way. Right. Uh, but e- either way, him throwing that in that spot, they should have been up 14 nothing. which good luck for the Broncos coming back. I just, I just see the ball not going where he wants. He's better this year. He's getting closer to being a league average starter, uh, but he's just not accurate. When he sets, and that's why blaming Urban Meyer for everything didn't make sense. There were so many times last year where he sets in a clean pocket and just misses the target he's throwing to.
1: That, that said, I feel I'd have much more patience with him and not even consider anything other than continuing to oh, develop of around him. I agree with that. He's not he's not like a bottom five disaster that we're ready to jump ship on. It's also not a lot of Island Jaguars games where everyone's watching Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot of people just looking at his box it's score. It's a good thinking, point. You
7: know,
5: Phil, Phil uh, Wessling, our friend. Yes, his daughter, uh, Josie, wanted to let us know yes. that we're too hard on Justin Fields. How about you start picking on Trevor Lawrence every once in a while, too? And so this little segment, I think, was was for her. She, yeah, right. She's a Fields fan, and uh, she's like, how come Trevor Lawrence doesn't take any grief?
4: Uh, I, I man, disagree got, with some of this, some this analysis. There. I feel like uh, Chicago, <laughs> we've definitely given their quarterback some pop the last few weeks. It's fair. And, And Lawrence, we've been kind of on top of following his arc, which has been underwhelming to say the least. All right. And by the way, I did, if you're a Broncos fan, you're looking for positive signs behind just the win. Russell Wilson giving the interview after the game, Saying Russell Wilson stuff, and then KJ Hamler comes and gives him a bear, big bear hug from behind and tells him, Oh, beautiful throw, baby. So it's like, okay, maybe maybe some of everyone's getting a little bit swept away about this guy being the most hated <laughs> no. man Look. in the universe. Yes, Mark. Well, I would just say, like, I,
1: having lived in, I know a huge cross section of Broncos fans. They are irate with what's going on. Yeah, and but I don't that think it changes I'm not anything. About Inside that, the team, though. right? Yeah. Uh, to another point, uh, another one of their
5: players, I think it was Tyree Cleveland. Uh, tweeted out like, we're all going to be doing knee highs on the flight home. And I I don't understate (laughs) that, underrate it, just like at least they feel like the world's not on top of them right now and hmm. they're having fun with it at
4: least. We being the football public, we're all out on Russell Wilson and he's certainly played very poorly this year, but maybe it's not total anarchy uh, inside the locker room. That was just maybe. Come on, y'all. Russell Wilson. We will see. Um,
1: Very exciting. (laughs) <laughs> a little peek behind. Oh, I'm, see, I miss. I really wanted Nathaniel Hackett to be a great part of this season, and it got about as dark as possible as quickly as possible.
4: Yeah, he's in a lot of trouble still. Let's move on uh, to Indianapolis, where the Commanders were looking to get back to five hundred.
6: In motion Camp Sims
7: Heineke keeps it Goes for the end zone What's the call? Touchdown 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 Washington A one yard run by Heineke
4: See that's a You know a team down in Miami Listen to that call They're, t- they're talking <laughs> Commanders football Bram Weinstein With the call WBIG Taylor Heineke That guy's got grit Dan Campbell's going to be on the phone looking to trade the world for Taylor Heineke After he goes in from one yard out after connecting with the ever underrated Terry McLaurin on a deep strike uh, to put them at the doorstep of the game winning touchdown, which they got 1716 over the Colts were dying That's a huge game for the Colts to win that game, but they can't find a way to do it uh, in the first start for Sam Ellinger. Uh, Mark,
6: Ellinger.
5: Oh, he, hit so Ellinger no, hear <laughs> he hit you with an Ellinger in a big Anybody hear that? He hit you with
4: an Ellinger. I didn't hear
5: anything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm even talking about. I
4: I'm for once not going to get involved. Does that We're 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 in the flow of the show, Justin. We're having conversation. We're trying to bring this thing in for a landing. And you, you don't, you didn't get in my ear. You came over into the broadcast. Oh, to wow! This correct is personal. Right. No, that's, I think
1: that's a look at me moment from our from our producer, which is becoming more frequent. <laughs> it's a little troubling.
4: <laughs> anyway, let's talk the game. Thank you, Justin, for the correction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now he's
1: dying inside even more than Frank Reich is right now. You're fired.
4: <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead, Mark.
1: Oh, boy. Um, I mean, McLaurin had an incredible 42 yard catch and run in this game before that. Uh, He's one of your guys, right? right? Yeah. I mean, McLaurin? He was really
5: a West guy. It's a yeah. star. Yeah. Yeah. You can have star guys. I mean, Gino's a star. He's my guy. I mean, Superstar. Greg, <laughs> but your
1: thing is, like, I'll have 82 people I'm friends with that watch oh, football. Yeah. I'll oh, yeah. Greg likes I'll take, players. I'll take 96% oh, wow. of the guys. And it's just big, oh, yeah. it's, it become a tired trope at this point. Oh, yeah. Greg likes players. Oh, yeah. What a terrible He's thing. He's loyal to football. Uh, I'm loyal to football. <laughs> Graver's back. To something, at least. <laughs> hey, Helen McLaurin else am I not loyal to? ripping the ball away from Stephon Gilmore on that. That final catch too. Man, that was a nasty little what zing at the end there. Some, what? Wait,
5: what am I not loyal
1: to? W- where do Can we begin? Can you imagine begin? living Who with knows? me? <laughs> like the 82 bits, there's 82 bits a show where it tells me what's going on with the show. So
4: enjoy yourself. This is your fault, Justin. We were professionally bringing the show in for a landing. Yeah, you guys
1: want us to let like, get the these game games of, done <laughs> this is
5: quickly. We got to get the game done. to get the game of the year.
4: We're gonna
1: give it 15 minutes. You guys are gonna like it. All right, Mark, let's yeah. try this again. Did
4: you begin the point? I couldn't remember.
1: I just think Terry McLaurin is like the oh, right, absolute right, right. beating heart of this team, but Taylor Heineke, <laughs> to me, where I think it was like when he when it was announced he's going to come in for for Wentz, or even before when it was suggested that he could come in and replace Wentz at some point. If you kept getting these Wentzian games, and it's like he just brings something that kind of the classic quarterback energy thing, where he's going to do a couple wild things. He had a terrible interception by Shaq Leonard. He is he was really lucky in another third and one. He didn't get didn't get picked, but then he goes and does this and creates the win. And they're kind of alive in the terrible... NFC because of him and McLaurin together and a defense that did their best with Sam Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger, to me, I'll wait another couple of weeks. Um, I do see a couple of things. He made he made a couple of big throws in this. He can run. What's funny? What, uh, now? I just what realized, now? What on earth now? I just
4: realized we're on camera and I just picked up my backpack and was going through it looking for a power cord that okay. had nothing to do with. Mo- you know? Okay,
1: I can never tell in the show. I don't. I have, no, I have nothing else un- to red say. Alert. <laughs> nothing on else to say. <laughs> well, we're, we, we're we now, get more than to an hour. hour and 40
4: minutes into the but show. By the way, give me the quarterback on the commanders that throws to Terry McLaurin. Who is that? It's Taylor Heineke. That's the guy who should be playing for the team.
1: Right. That that route
4: absolutely. that McLaurin
5: <laughs> run, ran to set up the game winner where he, I don't know if I've ever seen one quite like it, but he absolutely turned Stephon Gilmore around and, and ate his lunch. But this was a gag job of the highest order from the Colts. This is a brutal loss. They were ahead 16-7. to 7 a two-score lead against Heineke, who at that point had had a touchdown all day uh, in the fourth quarter. They get the ball back two different times. They go three and out, and then, then the end of the game. Reich uh, chose to kick a field goal on fourth and three at the 21. Chose to kick a field goal on fourth and two. I believe, or fourth and... Two on from the, the goal line from the Washington 2 that, that drove me nuts and then he also punted and i know it would have been oh it would have been bold to do it but it was fourth and inches on their own 35 to win the game up 6 and he decided to punt it away and the defense couldn't hold it so this is a full team like
1: absolutely I do think some of that I, like I, I was way too conservative there's no excuse for it and it stands out in a season where we're in, where everyone's going for it all the time, and you should be, it just simply makes more sense. But I think part of it is like the fact that Ellinger was at your quarterback. Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor is your running back. Yeah, but our, I, t- Taylor looked all right in this. He had his ankle retaped in the middle of the game. I mean, it just—I think their offense is just simply limited in general. I—I I think I want to see more from Ellinger. I just don't really buy the fact that they really see him as a potential future. Solution well, it's and quarterback. It's, it's I, I'm not really basing it off of this. Just, I think we talked about when they made the announcement, why they might have done it. Um, he can move. He can run. He made a couple big throws in this. I, I, he, he's, there's a little bit of chemistry with his wide receivers. He also had a terrible fumble where it, it's a Jonathan Allen sack in the end, but he walked into – he lost the ball before even walking into pressure, and it was just like a classic. It's your first NFL game you know but they're going to hand games away now when they had a chance to get back into in the afc 16
4: points that's uh, not going to get it done Uh-oh. i can't
5: believe these two teams have combined for a 7 7 and 1 record no 7 8 and 1 record they are kind of the the example of where the the middle of the nfl is right now i can't believe the commandos are 4 and 4 on this three game how about they got Heineke th- doing th- it. Come all on. three have been absolutely crazy. The Packers won yeah. like they earned it somewhat but they kind of stole all three. It's amazing the Commanders. And
4: how about this? The <laughs> NFC East has been a bit of a punching bag on this show over the years and deservedly so cuz it was bad for many years uh, in the last 10 but you have the Eagles at 7 and 0, the Cowboys 6 and 2, the Giants 6 and 2 and the Commanders now rounded out the group at 4 and 4. I mean
5: they are literally on pace to be one of the greatest divisions of all time. If if that Paced out, that would pretty much do it in terms of. You almost have to win every out of division game to get records mm. like that.
4: Can I? I <laughs> want to make crazy. one one thing clear. I'm not buying in on Taylor Heineke. I think he's. We've learned now that there is a there is a ceiling here, and uh, it is what it is. And seeing Carson Wentz again, that would make sense at some point. You did give up a significant amount of assets to acquire him. Uh, but ride, ride the hot hand while it's here. I see, Yeah, I, like I, at this point, there's no c- compelling reason to put Wentz
1: back in there. Uh, can you guys just grade this tweet from Adam Schefter or this move from uh. T- Taylor
5: Heineke? Like on a one to ten, what do you guys think? For every game that Taylor Heineke plays, at least sixty percent of the snaps, and the Commanders win, he earns a one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar incentive. So basically, every start, one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars extra. Mm. He puts that hmm. bonus to a new pair of Jordans. In the colors of the team that Washington beat
4: this week, new blue and white Jordans. I mean, it's just information that might have knocked out a priceless uh, childhood memory out of my brain, and now I have that in my head. Yeah,
1: unnecessary. Did not need it. Did not need. What well, a disaster!
4: Did Heineke no. just end Jordan? Not It's been 40 years. They've been on fire, and that's it. I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> that's. I feel I, strangely. I feel strongly how. I, Angry, I am that that's now in my brain. <laughs> it's like another sneaker up. head.
1: <laughs>
5: Same. I mean, that was why I brought it up. I another had white reach. bro
4: with money into sneakers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Me and all my friends are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Greg has so many sneakers.
5: But
1: he's you, not
4: alone. There's a. T- but yeah. I, there's, I don't really. A, spend a, mine aren't like fancy sneakers. Mine it's are an are archetype just of uh,
1: clothing horse.
4: <laughs> all right, which takes us down the yellow brick road to Buffalo and Sunday night football. From the one again, second and goal. Allen's going to keep
2: it. And he's got Dawson Knox, but he can run it. Now he'll throw it, and it's Knox. And it's a Buffalo touchdown.
4: Mike Tirico with the call for NBC. Josh Allen, two touchdown passes, including that score, to tight end Dawson Knox. As the Bills jump out ahead early on the Packers, as expected, and as expected, coast to victory final score 27 to 17 the bills now six and one undefeated in orchard park in three games the packers fall to three and five greggy um you know green bay didn't get rolled over here i think a lot of people probably expected this game to get uh ugly and be maybe some type of statement on both the Bills' dominance and how lost the Packers were. We didn't quite get that, but also not a very surprising outcome today.
5: No, but we got a feel of how inferior the Packers are in that when Matt LaFleur comes out after halftime, he talks about how he wants to see a good effort and in, in play some feisty football in the second half. And, you know, they did. And Chris Collinsworth is giving them kind of like moral victories. Like, yeah, they did play pretty feisty. Uh, They only gave up three points in the second half. Josh Allen threw a couple weird picks, but it was never competitive. This was the same Packers team that ran on third and 16 late in the first half rather than passing. That was like a, hey, is that really the Packers? And by the way, it didn't stop the Bills from still going down and scoring anyways. They were trying to get the Bills to burn timeouts. It's the same Packers team who started really running the ball and committing to it, down three scores in the second half because that's the only way they could score. And even then, they're, they're kicking field goals. So, yes, there were some positives, and Dobbs had a play, and Ture had a play, but it was like they went into this game knowing they were vastly inferior, especially because of their defense. And I left this game still feeling like they're vastly
1: inferior, especially because of their defense. I'm with you, and I didn't – I like the idea of them committing to the ground because of the problems they've had all season long. They could have maybe tried this weeks ago. Uh, I also looked at the second half and didn't think that they really thought they could win this game. I don't think it was managed in that way. I mean, it just hmm. it was such a commitment to the ground game when you're down by a ton, and it was working to some degree, but it really didn't work at all in the end, if you think about it. I mean, a little malarkey, a little shenanigans from Josh Allen, who Mina Kimes joked went to hollow, out to Halloween as the 2018 Josh Allen in the second <laughs> half there. But the Bills, I mean, kind of coasted in the second half, I, I thought, in this.
4: I think, yeah, it's a testament to their might that they didn't bring their A-game and still took care of the Aaron Rodgers team. And yeah, there is uh, the... Packers go over 30 attempts on the ground. They go over 200 yards on the ground. So you could look at that as a positive if you're a Packers fan in terms of, okay, we can still do that. Um, and Rodgers made a couple throws, and maybe Torre becomes somebody they can be interested in as uh, having a bigger role in the offense after that long score. Maybe, maybe not. It is interesting to me, and and Collinsworth brought it up, and I've been thinking about this all season. Uh, on a day where, you know, Devontae Adams – had one catch for three yards in a shutout loss um, in New Orleans uh, with the Raiders. Once again, you, there were times in this game where it was like, all right, the running game's cooking for Green Bay. Now this is where you hit them with a Devonta Adams slash play for 40 up the seam. And, like, you don't have that, and the Packers are missing it. And it just, Greg, for me, like, big picture with the Packers, it still strikes me so odd that they let it get to this point with a aging quarterback, where they're scrambling to find a guy to fill that void when the Super Bowl window is ostensibly open, the past is the past. But again, it kind of reared its ugly head a little bit. In this right? they
5: they' they're, they're four games back in the loss column of the Vikings. I mean, it's red alarm time because I think both sides of the ball you're concerned about. I keep going back to the defense because I just haven't seen much fight out of them this year until the second half of that game. But you think of the difference in these defenses in the to start the game. The, the Packers knew they were inferior, inferior coming into this game, and they got a quick three and out. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Then they come back the other way, and Tim Settle gets a sack that kind of ruins that drive for Green Bay. And Tim Settle is like a, a free agent pickup. They're they're not doing anything. Then they get back to a fourth and three after that sack. And Ed Oliver pushes the pocket, which makes Aaron Rodgers uh, throw in an incompletion on fourth down. And it kind of explains so much about both seasons because that Bill's defensive line has been awesome. And they were great again in this game. And it's why they didn't really do a drop back throwing. If you're getting as much pressure as them on defense without blitzing, like they don't even need Tredavious White back there.
1: I mean, I think if you look at the Packers, too, they were compromised when they lost Quay Walker to an injection. Devondre Campbell went out with a knee injury. I mean, they were talking about they have two linebackers coming in there that had played, like, a combined six snaps all season. The other injury I would look at is Jordan Poyer, the safety for the Bills, went out with an elbow injury. And Mm. I... that's, they don't need Him that. Him and Hyde at the same time uh, is
5: troubling. And I just I still uh, love watching Josh Allen. I know he threw those two picks, but he also had three or four throws under pressure. I like kind just, of don't
1: care if he threw those picks. Right. Out rate,
5: outrageous. And I love
4: well, that. Well, it would matter if the Packers are, had a little more juice.
1: I just, yeah. For some reason, it didn't feel like they were really ever seriously challenged on any level in this game. But the fact when he got
5: smacked on the goal line by Adrian Amos early, when he made that 20-yard run, on, what was it, third and 20 or something like that, which was one of the key plays of the game. And then he gets up smiling like I'm the biggest badass in the world. And then when Kenny Clark, who's 300 pounds, flattens him in the second half, a hit Allen probably shouldn't be taking. And Allen gets up wanting to fight Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark didn't do anything but hit him. And I just like, it would be fun to have as your quarterback for the next 10 years, Bills fans. Yeah, (laughs) and it's a a great
4: time to be a Bills fan. They... During the telecast, they showed the renderings for the new stadium that they hope will be built in a few years. And Well, Allen, that's not a dome,
1: by the way. I mean, it's going to be much more e- – it's a much easier experience for the people sure. sitting in the seats, but you don't dome. Sure, You're, I'm
4: with you on that. But you just want to make sure, like Josh Allen – and I'm knocking on wood if I had some – stays healthy and they get to January with a chance to really – because that's a in what's been a strange, weird year – made all the more strange by the destabilizing failures of the Packers and Bucks in the NFC, Uh, the Bills making a deep run and perhaps even getting over the hump. That would make this one of the more memorable seasons in recent memory. I'd like to see it. If they get the the
5: running game going like they did in the first half tonight, too, like they just feel unstoppable. They came into the season as everyone's Super Bowl favorites and they're the, they're legit they <laughs> they're they're even better than i expected i, I and uh, and if like like i said if the running game if they keep adding elements it's like it's scary
4: with all due respect to the undefeated philadelphia eagles the bills are the best team in football we saw it again tonight good stuff gang greg mark Justin behind the glass. Mark
5: loved this game. We were up there watching. He would have liked the score to be even more lopsided. But after last week's Commandos game and him divorcing the Packers forever, yeah. uh,
4: they crossed Mark on he, a level he that, is
5: just uh, his favorite yes. team is the team playing against the Packers. Greg, uh, are you
6: saying Commandos on purpose? You've done it twice tonight. I'm just I, curious. Yes, I, I was sort wondering of the same am. Thing. I, I think you are. I, I, you are. I
5: not. I've heard other people calling them the Commandos. And now I think it it
1: unconsciously seeped into my... I'd also suggest that some of your um, angst that you put on me over various distant (laughs) wagers um, is a bit of a projection on your ups and downs. But I do think in this case it's apt because the Packers annoyed me beyond comprehension. Thank you,
4: thank you. And uh, one last note, because I want to end things on a a positive for the whole group. I have pulled some strings, Mark, in the uh, your guy situation. Okay. (laughs) uh great news i have expedited successfully the processing for you uh, it was at six to eight weeks i mm-hmm. got it down to two to four weeks so we will we'll know in about a month give or take uh barring any other unforeseen delays whether uh it is processed that player who it i do was, not recall it was tyler there.
5: algier oh yes tyler um, algier he we were going to be tracking his um upward battle to get over four yards per carry for the year it's going to oh. be it's going to be good that's, what, what that's I roughing have, the Sessler. What I really have going for
1: me is my Raging Apathy on this front.
4: <laughs> There's a drop.
1: You can't take that, that, that away that from uh, me. <laughs> that would be, if, if Mark had a band name,
4: Raging Apathy would be it. That's That would be wonderful. It's, that's kind of like a uh, one of those new metal bands, like the poster would be hanging in AJ Soprano's room in 2000. <laughs> raging Apathy. All right, that's it. There you go, just You know, Justin's in a little, like, funk when, when to hit the, the music, the play-out yeah, you're music. you're trying
1: to lay out this. there we go. And he's still yeah. just a little bit off.
4: But otherwise, an excellent producer. Thank you <laughs> to Gravedigger and everybody for following along.
0: Yeah! It's on Monday night. Heed the
4: call! Woo!